Hi, welcome to another episode of the Space for Dallas podcast. This is Dallas. Uh, yeah. All right, another late episode. What are you going to do? Shoot me, all right? I'm not perfect. I'll admit it. Oh, how you doing? How are you? You need to take a break. You need to take a walk. You need to walk around, walk around, air it out, air it out, you know, let it out, stretch, you know, work out the aggression. All right, just focus in on it. Focus on the burn. Focus on the pain. Get it out, dude. How come they keep saying uh, working out is so great uh, at reducing stress? Because I'll work out, and then when I leave the gym, I'm still just as angry as I went in, but I'm just sweaty and tired. And uh, it's, it's I'm still just as angry as when I came in. There's no difference. I calm down a little bit during the exercises, uh, during the Stairmaster. You know, when I was on the Stairmaster, I was okay. I was actually calm on the Stairmaster, but going in and coming out of the gym, not calm. I still have my the same problems, you know. It's nothing, it's all just comes back. I guess the, the gym's just a momentary reprieve, you know. People say, oh, you got to work out. You got to, you know, reduce your rage tank by, you know, working out at the gym. No, it doesn't happen to me. I just, uh, my physical energy tank goes down and the rage tank uh, stays the same. Maybe it dips a little bit, but pretty much still there. Uh, and I know that because, what was it? Dude, I went to jujitsu today, man. I went to uh, jujitsu and uh, I didn't spar as much as I wanted to because I was like, ah, oh, I don't want to be too tired. I want to still have some energy for this podcast. And guess what? I'm still filming this podcast very late at night, <laughs> way later than I should be filming it. The thing about working out at the gym when you're angry and tired is you're still angry, but you're just so tired that you cannot physically you don't have the energy to physically manifest the anger uh, like my father in his old age. His, uh, he got a shingles vaccine, and he's like, I think I got a fever. My arms hurt. If I wasn't so tired, I'd beat you up right now. I'm like, okay, very great. This is a great, great moment. A lot of sharing happened here. A lot of, a lot of, isn't this great? Aren't you glad all your children are now adults, Dad? My dad. My dad said... Uh, he uh, he likes me better now than I was as a child. Uh, and then he's like, I think I like all my children better now as adults than children. And then he said, I think I like all my children as adults, and I like them more when they're doing their own thing and I'm not involved. And I was like, Dad, it just sounds like to me you just deeply, deeply regret having children, <laughs> if that's if that's what you said. <laughs> said. Uh I don't think he understands why I eat as many eggs as I do. I think for some reason that infuriates him. I, I've been doing this thing where, you know how, dude, I cannot cook a hard-boiled egg to save my life. That is what I've realized. I can't, I don't know what it is about a hard-boiled egg, but I always, like, burn the yolk somehow. Like, I just keep them in the boiling water too long, and when I peel them, you know, you have that, like, green, blue-greenish kind of layer around the yolk, and it's just burned. But whenever I buy like a hard-boiled egg from the store, it's always perfectly boiled, not burned at all, you know? I got to figure out how do they do that. I got to figure that out. I Because uh, I've been doing this thing where I'll just buy like 12 hard-boiled eggs from the store. Then I'll just eat them with like a like a bottle of water. And I'll just, you know, chug them down. And then um, there's usually some water at the bottom of the bag. 
and uh, I eat them in front of the store and then I pour, turn the, and when I'm done eating all the eggs, uh, there's about six in each bag. I will turn the bag upside down and just dump the water out <laughs> onto the sidewalk in front of the store. And that what I don't know what it is about that eggy, eggy water, but the scent is so strong. As soon as I turn the bag upside down and dump the water out, <laughs> and the water hits the ground, I can already smell the egg coming off of that water into my, it's already hitting me. It's already there. It's, <laughs> and other people walking into and out of the store, they look at me, they see that, and then, and then you can see the smell hit them like, oh, dude, I did not want to smell egg coming into the store. Wow. The funny thing is, it is just water. It's just like, I mean, that <laughs> that water's it's going to be gone in like, you know, what, five, eight minutes? You know, like, it's not going to be there anymore. Like, no need to get a mop. It's not a lot. I'm not throwing down a bucket, you know, of eggy water. But, uh, <laughs> but from that small amount, you can smell it. You can definitely smell that. And I turn that water, I dump it out because, uh, I want to return it to the environment. I don't see, you know, there's so much trash floating in plastic bags in the ocean, just sw this, you know, swimming around in a circle that I don't want to potentially trap this valuable, valuable, clean, eggy water in, in that ocean. You know, I don't want to trap that water there. You know, I want this water to return to the water cycle, to return, you know, back to the earth. So I just take that bag after I've eaten the eggs and the eggs are always like, <laughs> for some reason, there's like small little bubbles on like the surface of the eggs, like the water forms these small little bubbles and, uh, <laughs> and I just shove that in. I just shove it in my mouth and I just drink them down. I don't even really eat the eggs. Like I don't really chew them. I, uh, because the, the, uh, they're all relatively the same size, right? Like a small, medium-sized egg. And uh, I don't even really chew them. I mostly just kind of suck them down my throat really quick, my uh, esophagus. You know, I, I break them up like a little bit using my molars, and then I just drink down the chunks as quickly as I can. And uh, that's how I'm able to eat 12 eggs in five minutes. That's, uh, that's uh, I do my very best to uh, expedite the eating process by barely tasting these eggs and just sucking them down. Dude, I don't know what it is about me and this carnivore diet and the eggs, man, but I think this carnivore diet is turning me into an egg addict, dude. I am become addicted to eggs. I will eat nine eggs in the morning. And then, you know, later in the afternoon, I will drive to the store and eat like, 12 hard-boiled eggs and then for dinner you know if we are eating dinner i'll just mix you know like you know six more eggs at night just to <laughs> just to get all them nutrients dude <laughs> just i'm eating whole chickens here dude you know the uh how uh you know ancient tribes would say uh, you absorb the soul of the animal by eating it well dude i have a small army of uh, unborn chick fetuses inside my body right now, dude. And they are ready to be released, bro. I'm ready to let out the army, bro. I'm ready to let out those chicka chicka chickadees, dude, onto my next unsuspecting foe. <laughs> oh, dude. 
what is wrong with me? <laughs> this this lockdown's got me crazy, man. Ah, <laughs> uh, I do like. I've always been into eggs, though. You know, that's always been a thing with me. I've been into eggs for God a long time, long, long time. Even as a you know, ever since back in high school, even as a kid, I've been into eggs. I think I always knew the uh, you know the nutrition there was in eggs. You know, I don't think you can overeat eggs. I don't believe that. I think uh, I think you'll you'll use a hundred percent of uh, of everything the egg gives you. Just all of that, hundred percent. You know, eggs have choline in them. Uh, you know, <laughs> I will say this. That's the thing about the carnivore diet is you do get enough choline, you get enough creatine, you get you do get enough carnitine, and uh, very bioavailable, and uh, you get it in uh, the right amount. You probably get more than what you need, which is why you see maybe such an explosion of health. You know, a lot of these guys, they're not getting enough. You know, you don't get anything, any of those ingredients from plants, you know, vitamin B12, heme, iron. You know, you don't get that from plants. You need red meat in your life. Uh, and for me, I've substituted red meat with eggs. You know, I'm just eating a whole animal. That's what it is. It's I like eating a whole animal in liquid form. If there was a way where you could liquefy a whole cow, hooves and all, down into some sort of uh, liquid that could just be, that I could just sort of attach into the back of my throat and you could just pump that in, <laughs> just skip the tongue because I know that's going to taste disgusting. Just skip the tongue entirely. Just pump all of that liquid into me. Uh, watch me go to the bathroom 82 times that day. Probably just, I just have to pee from the sheer amount of blood and water I've, I've just intaken, in you know, just to just, you know, <laughs> my urine's going to be red like blood with that, you know, <laughs> after that comes out, jeez, I might pee out, you know, little bits of cow hoof, you know, who knows, dude. Ah, <laughs> oh, but man. God, yeah, I gotta learn how to. I gotta learn how to hard boil an egg. The thing is, the the hard boiled egg diet very affordable, very affordable. I can get like twelve hard boiled medium sized eggs for like six bucks, already cooked, and uh, you know, bottle of water for like ninety nine cents. And I just, uh, I just suck all, <laughs> just suck them eggs down, boy. Just suck them down. I probably suck down, you know, eighteen, you know, maybe even twenty. Maybe, I'll, maybe this is what I'll do one day. I'm just going to buy the whole all the hard-boiled eggs and just eat them all in front of the store <laughs> like some kind of egg gobbling monster like some egg gobbling goblin dude an egg gagging goblin man that's <laughs> some egg hoarding goblin give me rags <laughs> instead of instead of some troll that was underneath a bridge it is the egg hoarding goblin that sits in front of a Safeway who pour who once he finishes a bag of eggs will take the bag, turn it upside down, pour out that eggy water, and just look at people as they smell it. Just uh why am I smelling only hard boiled egg? Only egg. This guy's smelling like an egg. This guy's looking like an egg, my God. How does how is the store comfortable with this guy? He buys all the eggs every day. <laughs> There's nothing left for me. Uh, man. Uh my egg addiction continues. 
<laughs> how about this? I'll, I'll check in with you guys next time and I'll tell you how many eggs I've been eating. Just how many little little chickadees <laughs> that uh, that I'm using to grow bones here. That I'm using to grow hair and and uh and some in <laughs> my epidermis, uh, hair and nails with God. Oh man. Oh, by the way, I've been checking out the uh, the new uh, UFC fight UFC 253. Can't wait. Adesanya versus Costa. That will be an exciting fight. This is the thing about I don't understand about some of these like elite level fighters is like, yeah, man, I'm six feet tall, 185, and you know his arms are like 36 inches, and it's like, hey, man, I'm you know six feet tall, you know 185, and I'm like a stick compared to you, you know you're here looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger, I'm here looking like a stick, yet we weigh the same. How is this possible? You know what? What's going on in this body here? You know what's going on with my body? Is 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 it just different? Just what's happening? You know, God, I don't know. It's fascinating, it to how the like where the human body holds weight. The thing is, I I'm actually not 185 right now. I'm like 10 pounds less. I'm like 175 right now, but still, I've always been sort of a taller, weaner, thinner guy. But I've I've always sort of weighed more than what people expected. So that's always so, sort of uh, interesting. You know, during uh, university, I actually dropped down to like 165, 160, and I did not feel good at that weight. My knees started to hurt. My elbows started to hurt. It was uh, not a good weight for me. I was tired all the time. I just wasn't eating. I was too stressed out, just not eating enough. My family, we eat a lot. We burn a lot of cal- <laughs> calories in this family, you know. We burn a lot of calories and we're not even that active, <laughs> which uh, basically means we just sit and stew in our own anger. We burn off our calories through feeling angry. Oh, man. I'm just a dense guy. Just dense, you know? Oh, man. In other news, only uh, less than a year payments left on my car, man. I, uh, I did the uh, thing they tell you never to do in um, any financial uh you know man- management class they'll ever tell you in high school or college or even post college you know on the internet they'll be- tell you never buy a new car and don't get a car loan and i said ooh i might do that <laughs> that's a terrible economic decision so the car you know won't retain its value it's better to buy used more bang for your buck if you buy a used car and pay for it all at once instead of getting a car loan. And uh, after I crashed a car, I went to a car dealership and I said, get me a new one. I want it new. Less than 10 miles on it, please. I uh, I think I got my car actually with six miles on it. And that was just miles that they had because uh, they do some testing, you know, some quality control testing for every car before the, you know they ship them out to the dealership. And, uh, and yeah, and my car was, uh, was one of those guys where they just did the testing and then they said, you know what, it's good. Then they gave it to me and I've been driving it ever since. And, uh, it feels good, man. Almost, uh, I got a three year car loan and, uh, finally I'm, uh, less than 10 months away from paying it off. So feels nice. Ah, man. Uh, what does not feel nice, however, is uh, I am going to uh, 
Uh, I'll just be honest with you guys. I'm going to lose my job come uh, November here. End of November, I'll be leaving the company, getting laid off. My boss was nice enough, gave me plenty of time, said, listen, Dallas, try to find some other work. You know, get your, uh, my boss is leaving uh, beginning of uh, October. So, you know, it's not like he had a lot of time left to tell me anything. Uh, but he told me, um, yeah, man, uh, you're going to be leaving in November here. Um, you know, companies got to make cuts. And, uh, you know, not that you're a bad worker, but you're just one of the guys that I got to cut. You know, it's just one of those things. And I said, no, it's all right. That's fine. Not mad at you. Not mad at the company. Not mad at the coworkers. And you have to do the professional thing, right? You got to be professional. You got to, you know, when you, you guys still got to do the work, you know, you have to, when you leave, make sure everything, you know, you've p passed off all the information, you know, you've, you've done everything, you know, dotted the I's, crossed the T's, that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, and when you leave, uh, you know, you, you leave on good terms and, you know, cause you never know who you might run into in the future. You never know. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, you never know who might just pop up back up in your life. And if you left a sour taste, uh, you know, in their mouth when you left, um, they're going to be like, well, maybe not this guy. Maybe not this guy. There's a lot of guys that can do what this guy's doing and uh, don't need them. <laughs> not this one. So, ah, uh, man. Uh, but I'm I'm excited though. New opportunity, you know. I've really been doing only the same thing since I've graduated, you know, college. You know, the same sort of work. So I'm I'm lucky to. Uh, well, actually, I'm in a bit of a crossroads. Do I pursue another job? Do I maybe I take? Ah, oh, dude, I can't even really take stand up. Dude, I haven't done stand up since March, man. I haven't done stand up at all this year. This has been such a long break for stand up for me. And I've taken breaks before, you know, I used to be so stressed out about stand up, you know, it, it, I wouldn't even go. I'd be so stressed out and scared about doing it, but I would always regret it. If I didn't go though, too, I would always regret it. Um, the thing is, man, is there's so many things I'd like to do, you know, and I've been doing a lot of uh, jujitsu and uh, stuff um, to sort of fill that stand-up hole. And, uh, you know, man, it's it's been nice to, to finally work a little bit more in jujitsu, work a little bit more in my game. You know, a good way to stay active and meet other people. Uh, you know, technically, like, we're not supposed to be doing that till stage four. But, you know what, man? People got to live their lives. You know what I mean? I can't put I can't you know put my wife on pause till what is it vaccine by November of this year, uh, and then when they ramp up production, they, it should be widely available to everybody. Come you know second third quarter next year is what they're saying. Though what they are saying is you know the vaccine may only be seventy percent efficient, so we're still gonna need to wear masks. Ah, oh man. <laughs> man uh i'll tell you one thing though guys is uh, i'm gonna sign up for that vaccine as soon as it hit the mark as soon as it hits the market i know they got kinks to work out man but you know what dude <laughs> they got the i'll i'll take i'll take the hit i'll take the hit with the kinks all right <laughs> if there's some you know if there's some rough patches i gotta work through i'll work through them all right i'll work through them so it's easier for you guys you know some guy I, there has to be one right there's got to be the, the first guy to do it, you know. 
first guy to walk on the moon, right? That's a bad example. We haven't been back to the moon. Uh, you know, first guy to, you know, sail across the sea. Wasn't done under the most ideal, best circumstances, but Christopher Columbus did it. And now when we sail across the sea, it, uh, what is it? Didn't Heather, didn't that, that, uh, that, uh, UN girl, Heather Gutenberg or whatever her name is, Heather. Oh God, I got to look it up now. Was her first name Heather? She sailed across the sea from her country in like Sweden or something, uh, to come to the U S how long did that take her? Uh, Gutenberg. I remember the last name's Gutenberg. No, Gutenberg is a book. Uh, and the Project Gutenberg ebook of the story of the Greeks. All right, you know what? I'm not going to find it. I'm not going. I'm not going to find anyway. Anyway, there. If I remember right, there was that girl who was like. I, you know, I sailed across the sea using a solar-powered, you know, boat. And they're like, how long did it take you? And she's like, two weeks. And I was like, no thanks. <laughs> I have stuff to do. All right. By the way, how does that, it's like a little solar-powered sailboat. That, I, How does that thing not capsize? I mean, do you know, I'm, I'm, you know, the funny thing is you watch all these like, pirate movies and these sailing movies right and you think uh oh man you know there's got there's all these there's always that one scene where it's a huge storm you know tidal waves as tall as the empire state building crashing into you you know the boat's barely staying afloat you're constantly bailing out water you know all the time you're tying everything down I bet in reality, those types of like typhoons that happen in the middle of the ocean are actually quite rare. And most of the time, the sea is perfectly calm. You know, like I'm sure that does happen occasionally, but I'm, I'm imagining it happens like it must happen every other week, you know, at least once a week. And in reality, it's like, no, dude, that happens like once every, you know, six to eight months or something like that. Like it's, it's not that often. You're going to be just fine. So, but man, sailing across the ocean. Yeah. Uh, well, actually that would be fun thing to do. I did some sailing, you know, the thing is, man, I, I could not figure sailing out. I, uh, I was on the sailboat with this old man and we were sailing across the sound and, uh, I could not for, for the life of me, I couldn't catch I couldn't catch the wind in the sails and I couldn't steer that rudder at all. I tried to, I couldn't, the thing is a skilled sailor should be able to do both, catch the wind and get the rudder. And I could not do that. You have to catch the, the physics are interesting. You know, the sail has to sit at an angle so the sail can pivot on the boat. The wind is going to blow whichever way it blows. And you are able to using the rudder and using the sail, you know, pivoting the sail to catch the wind and using that force that's pushing into the sail and using the angle of the rudder to, you know, be able to slowly move your boat, you know, wherever you need it to go. And, uh, dude, we had like three or four, I was the fourth guy in this boat and, and dude, we, oh my God, it is so hard. You know, explaining it seems easy, and if you talk to a sailor, they'll make it look so easy, but when you start doing it, then you realize, oh, this is much more difficult than I thought. 
This isn't some like, all right, I move the sail here, move the rudder there, boom, I'm, you know, I'm cruising. Like, I don't know what it is. You just have to like, it's like there's this new uh, Netflix documentary about barbecuing now, and they have like these barbecue masters. And one of the things these barbecue masters they'll do is like, they'll tell you like how they make their barbecue. They're like, all right, this is the temperature the oven's at. This is the seasoning I use. This is how I cook it. This is how I dry it. This is how long it's in there. This is when I flip it. They'll give you all this detailed information. Then they'll be like, all right, do it. And then there's a guy and then he'll do it. He'll follow the instructions. And then he like completely burns his pork chop to death where these guys, they do it and they get the most glistening, beautiful, you know, slice of meat I've ever seen in my life. And they're like, you just have to keep doing it thousands and thousands of hours and then you're going to get good at it. And this is exactly what I do. You just need to do it the same way I do it. And of course it's that, which is like the, like, okay, I have to do it the way you do it, which is the, the toughest thing, right? The most hardest, difficult thing to ever do. It's that, you know, something about physical execution and, um, uh, I, I have a problem with physically executing on things sometimes. Like, uh, I will picture like this beautiful, like painted scene in my head of like a beautiful landscape and I will bring my paintbrush to the canvas and I will, I will, this is what an artist told me once. This guy's like, I just picture everything I want in perfect detail in my mind and then I take the brush and I dip it in the paint and I move it to the canvas and I just put it there and I will do the exact same thing and uh, when I put that paintbrush on the canvas what you're gonna get is uh, the world's like this like <laughs> it's the world's worst kindergarten drawing of your life like the world's worst painted kindergarten drawing like I can't I couldn't paint like fingers on a man's hand I couldn't even paint a plane I tried to paint I remember I took this painting class and I couldn't I ended up painting the lines because I sucked so much at it I tried to paint a guy and it looked so bad I had no finesse I had no technique you know, everything was just a very basic shape. I tried to paint a man taking a picture of a plane and it looked like something a third grader did. And I was in like high school and did this. Like, I don't know why I can't physically, you know, those are some things that are, I just can't execute on them. You know, something about that knowledge is, is, I don't know. I mean, if I practice like thousands and thousands and thousands of hours, I would get better. But it's, it's like, May I don't know to be like a I guess like maybe a genius level artist you just have to be born with it you know you just have it in you for some reason you got the it factor right that's what they call it it's the it factor he's got it he's got it like Israel Adesanya I got the it factor man I got something people want to see you know everybody likes me you know or not everybody likes me but you know I got it man I got the thing you know I got the bug you know. I'm the actor. Everyone wants to see this face on screen, you know. Why does Brad Pitt look so perfect on perfect on screen? You know, I don't know. He's got it, you know, the it factor. I don't know why all of a sudden I turned into like some sort of 19, you know, 40s Broadway guy. He's got it. I mean, he's got the it factor. I can see it. Put his name on billboards. Let's build a show after him. He's got it. 
Ah, <laughs> uh, man. Oh, if only uh, if only show business still worked like that, where it's like, all right, I see something in this guy. He's got some potential. You know, let's invest in him a little bit. Let's see if we can make it work. Nowadays, it's like, hey, you come as a completed, ready package, ready to go. Otherwise, ah, eh, can't can't waste the time. Can't spend the money. Ah, oh, man, man. You know, it's funny. You know, I I feel like I could like achieve. I feel like I could be a famous, you know, movie star. I could be, you know, a world famous comedian. You know, I see these guys like Kevin Hart and Dave Chappelle and Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise, and I'd be like, I could be like that guy. But you know, then you, and then you actually research and you actually look into like, oh, that's such a hard, hard, painful road. And there's so much, you know, you have to do not just in front of the camera, but behind the scenes. People you have to get to know you know, opportunities that you have to make, make yourself available to opportunities. You have to sort of self produce in your own, your own way to make it happen. It's, uh, no, it's crazy. And, you know, take, I mean, yeah, you take everything a day at a time, but you know, you take a look at that road and it's like, ah, man, do I want to, you know, it's so, it's so tough. It's so hard. And I like my life the way it is, you know, I like what I'm doing right now, but you know, uh, what do I know? What do I know about the business? You know, this is all just from some outsider perspective. You know, it's like people in the business are like, no, it's really easy. <laughs> I get paid 800 bucks a day. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> I barely work at all. <laughs> all right. I'm not sure if this podcast made any sense to you guys. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't done it in, <laughs> in a few days, you know, somewhere to my stand-up. Uh, so I'm not sure if this, uh, you know... <laughs> If this is gonna, you know, if this is any, if this is, a, is this a diamond in the rough or is this a, just another dirty, dirty rock that no matter how much I clean it, this rock's staying dirty. Uh, all right, guys. Well, listen. Wh- uh, thank goodness I hit that thirty-minute mark. <laughs> Thirty minutes and twelve seconds. All right, listen, guys. Uh, thanks again for listening for the Space for Dallas for pot. This is Dallas. <laughs>